1: Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to Talking Law, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now, today we have something a little bit different, um, a little bit less serious than our usual Talking Law podcast where we give you the uh, latest tips and tricks in law. Today, we are talking about... Uh, COVID and scandalous trademarks, some things that maybe you wouldn't have expected, some things that have come to light that the fabulous Gracie, who heads up our trademarks area at Aspect Legal, has recently identified as something she thought was rather amusing and wanted to share with us. So, Grace, thank you for coming back on the show. Thanks for having me, Joe. Brilliant. Okay, all right. Well, you and I just can't get enough of talking about trademarks, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and while we find this topic um, very interesting, who knows if our listeners will as well. It could just be a little geeky thing that we geek out on trademark law. But um, I was fascinated by some of these things you were telling me about Marks that had been recently registered. And gosh, I must say, I'm actually blown away by the creativity of some people. I uh, I must say, when this whole pandemic hit, um, getting a trademark related to COVID was not at all on my mind so and we work in trademarks well and particularly you grace day in day out so so fun, some people out there are very creative right absolutely yeah it's amazing <laughs> so give us a walk through some of the entertaining things you've mm. seen recently with trademarks
2: yeah so amazingly so we as you know global pandemic hit march in australia and interestingly as soon as we hit mid-March, we started getting trademarks being lodged on the trademark register here in Australia for COVID-related trademarks. From so
1: mid-March. From mid-March. Really early, isn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's something that's not just happening in Australia. It's been happening internationally. So it's, it's happening in China. It's happening um, in America. It's happening around the world. Um, so here we go. I've got a trademark here for Corona Clean. Corona clean <laughs> That's quite clever. <laughs> Detergents and disinfectants oh. lodged on the third of March.
1: How oh, early wow. is that? That's before lockdown. <laughs> that actually, that's amazing. That's when we're yeah. still in denial. What, yeah. Other than this <laughs> very creative yeah. person. Wow. So okay.
2: Yeah, people have tried to lodge corona
1: coronavirus. Really, coronavirus? Apps. Oh, for for an app, right? Okay. An app? Well, what kind of app was it? Do you know? Don't
2: know. They've just lodged it in class nine for apps and software. Interesting. Um, class forty-one for education. Wow. Trying so what
1: bit, was the forty-one? One?
2: Yeah, for education and entertainment for the for the word coronavirus.
1: Oh, for education and entertainment. Yeah. Gracious me. I wonder what they were up to. That's
2: interesting. Who knows? Coronavirus resistant for cleaning products and household cleaning products. The the quarantine concierge. Wow.
1: (laughs) And what's that? Is that cleaning again? Class thirty nine for the delivery of goods. All right, quarantine concierge. Okay, that's really clever. Yeah. (laughs) So tell us, Grace, how did all of these marks fare? Did any of them get through?
2: Well, they're all now that now that it's we're into May, end of May. All of these marks, most of these marks are under examination, which means that they've received. Some kind of adverse report from the trademarks office. Yes, um, I can see one of these has been accepted, and it's probably because there's enough material in it to not be descriptive. So we'll talk about what these marks are probably facing without asking for access to the reports under FI. We we can't see them, but we can we can guess based on you know other sorts of controversial marks that have been lodged in history.
1: Mm. <laughs> um, and let's let's step through that in a moment, um, because I'm very interested in the controversial marks in history. But but stepping back one, what are the reasons that you think there might be issues with some of, yeah. some of these marks that are all being held up in yeah. the, uh, the adverse report phase at the moment? So there's two main issues.
2: One of them is that in the trademarks law, there's actually a provision that um, prevents trademarks from being accepted for registration if. Um, they contain or consist of scandalous matter Mm. or if its use would be contrary to law. So that's when we get a little bit technical and lay out what the provision actually says. But really, it's, it's there to protect. It's there to give the registrar the ability to say, no, we can't accept that trademark. It's just too
1: scandalous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and you, you know, I guess uh, some of the potential issues with registration of Corona or well, marks, including the word Corona. I mean, firstly, we have a really strong brand, um, albeit in beer, um, for Corona, um, which is, Yes. Uh, so <laughs> I guess that, you know, potentially if you're anywhere near whatever the registrations are for Corona, the beer—you're mm-hmm. uh, you're likely to have that cited. But I guess, in many senses, Corona is becoming quite descriptive uh, now. Yeah. Perhaps is that you know is that something that you think might be an issue here as well, Grace?
2: Absolutely. So yes, a lot of these marks. The second issue that they're going to face is that coronavirus, COVID nineteen, all of these sorts of terms are very generic, descriptive terms that everybody is using at the moment to describe. Mm. A virus. (laughs) Um, So to say that someone can own it and monopolise it and have the right to exclude any other trader from using it would be contrary to the spirit of the trademark law.
1: But which was the one that got through, Grace? You you said one has just Mm. been accepted. Well, it looks like, yeah,
2: it's been accepted. And the mark was eHealthier's interim COVID behavioural vaccine Right, so okay. there's enough material in yes. there, but as a whole, it's 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 got enough.
1: Yeah, yeah, I see, I see. I'm really interested to see how quarantine concierge. I'd mm. love to, <laughs> I'd love to know how that one goes. That yeah. uh, maybe that one has. a hope I'd be interested to see what happens with that. That's a so um, people can be very creative, can't they, Grace? Yeah, absolutely. The fact that there are people out there as soon as the pandemic
2: hits. They put their entrepreneur hats on and think, how can I monopolize on this? That's just amazing, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess one of the takeaways in this that, um, you, you know, we've been discussing is that it's quite clever for a business to think when there is a lot of attention to a particular area to think, how is it that I can use brand and then through trademark registration brand protection to have something that is really clever and will be picked up in the in the discourse that's just out there at the moment um right and and i think that's i think that's super clever but the point is if you want protection for this then you need to do it in a way that complies with our trademark laws here in australia yeah that this is a bit I don't know if if we should talk like this, but
2: if some of these marks wanted to get up, these COVID marks, (laughs) (laughs) it would be about adding something to it that makes, as you say, is clever, Um, using a turn of phrase or a pun or or a play on words and adding something to it to make it really distinctive and to stand out. um, That's what we're talking about, to get it across the line.
1: I think, and and actually, how about a challenge to you, Grace, is to keep your eye out and see um, maybe we'll have an eye out for the cleverest mark that is actually mm. able to make it through yeah. uh, the trademark registration process that um, has some reference to this um, this <laughs> pandemic we are currently living in and, and fairly obsessed with. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll look out for that. How about we do that? And you, our mm. listener, why don't you join in? This sounds like a <laughs> fun game. Why don't we we'll just throw it out there. If you, you send in um, send in to um, info at aspectlegal.com.au any entries you have for this game. We want to know the most creative, uh, bizarre, I don't know, the most amazing trademark registrations, I, I guess, uh, that relate to COVID or quarantine or coronavirus. So throwing it out to you and we'll report back. How about we report back maybe in a few months, Grace, on uh, on what we've seen, whether we've picked up and whether we've found uh, a winner. Well, they won't be through uh, the uh, application process, I guess, in that time for listeners who aren't aware, the minimum period of time for the for processing a trademark appl- application from the date of application through to um, actual full registration is, is it still seven and a half months, Grace? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Seven and a half months. So anyway, we may need to give it a few more months. But anyway, we can just go on the basis of applications at the moment. I'm I'm interested to hear in the creativity of trademark applications. So there you go. We've got a bit of a um, a contest out there. And look, the person who submits something that we end up deeming to be the most creative will win a bottle of champagne. How about <laughs> French champagne? Let's we're throwing it out there. So go on, get us your uh, <laughs> get us your applications and otherwise Grace will be on there, she'll be looking as well. So well, I'll put my hat in the ring. Oh yeah. Have you got one? Another <laughs> one now that you haven't told us?
2: There's one, there's one that was lodged on the 2nd of May for coronavirus sucks.
1: Okay, I like it. <laughs> wow, you're really close to this bottle of champagne. Right? It was lodged in seven classes, Joe. Okay, well, tell us, and um, what what does coronavirus <laughs> Virus sucks sucks. do as their goods or services?
2: Well, this person wants to use this brand on phone covers, stickers, bags, cups, details, clothing, wow, buttons, badges, <laughs> it's merchandise. It's coronavirus sucks merchandise.
1: Wow. Okay. Interesting. Well, I don't know. Let's wait and see if that one gets through. All right. Yeah. So so you mentioned, Grace, as we first started talking that there were also some other controversial marks through history uh, mm-hmm. that you would seen that gave us a little bit of an indication of how some of these corona uh, trademark applications might go. I want to hear about those. What uh, what have you found? What have you dug up uh, for in the trenches of our uh, trademark journals? Yeah, so we can we can kind of
2: guess what's going to happen with these corona-related trademark applications because we've seen it happen before. So um, if you recall, back in two thousand and fourteen, when that Malaysian Airlines flight MH three seven zero went missing,
1: mm,
2: yeah, um, amazingly two trademark applications got lodged um, very soon after the flight went missing actually for that flight number. Holy wow! Yeah, for MH370 um, in Class 41 for various entertainment and education type services. And that application actually went all the way to a hearing.
1: Wow.
2: Yeah. And um, so I guess one of the reasons why the examiner would have initially not it was because of it being scandalous. Mm. Um, but at the hearing, it was rejected on the basis that it was descriptive. So this is how we know that these two issues are in play. Mm. Um, it was the airline itself that lodged
1: the application. Oh, right. Mm. The, oh, so Malaysia Airlines lodged yeah. the trademark application here in Australia. So
2: H370 was lodged by a company called Aon International Proprietary Limited And Mm -hmm. then um, in July, MH370 was lodged again by Malaysian Airline System. Right, I see. I see. A Malaysian company. And they lodged it in Class 9 for all different types of scientific products, Class 16 for books Mm. and paper products and Class 41 for education. And um, their reasoning for lodging it was that they were going to use the brand to educate the community about the flight that went missing.
1: Wow. Mm. And it's interesting. I think organisations sometimes take the approach of trademark registration in a defensive way in that they want to try and ensure that no other organisations will end up with a mark, mm. um, even if their future usage is limited. And, of course, it's really important not to register a mark um, that you intend never to use, because, mm-hmm. um, and you do have a grace period between registration and between having to have used a mark. Um, but you, if you haven't used it within the first three to five years, is that right, Grace? Yes. Um, you then then you are exposed to another company making or another organisation making an application or someone making an application for um, removal. Of the mark Mm. on the basis that you haven't used it so uh so it's important if you register a trademark uh, and you intend to keep the protection Mm. that you use it um Mm -hmm. in some way but um certainly it's a valid reason for trademark registrations that we've seen organizations take that they might take out a registration in order to ensure that other organizations don't end up with that monopoly right rather than them Mm. Mm-hmm. and and in the
2: whole time that we've been working on trademarks I can only recall one instance where it was really clear that there was no intention of using it and I don't think we went ahead with lodging that because you've got to have that intention to use. Mm.
1: Yeah. yeah. Which is important, important for people to be aware of if they're thinking about trademarks from this more defensive uh, mode. But uh, I guess you can meet the tests of use sometimes quite easily. So anyway, if that's something that uh, you're thinking about, you should certainly take legal advice. (laughs) 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 Someone who knows what they're talking about, so they can talk you through how it is that you um, can ensure that once you have a trademark registration, you don't lose it on the basis that Um, you've failed to use it um, in the proper way. So, uh, okay, so did any of these MH370 marks get through, Grace? No. None at all? Okay, even the Malaysian Airline ones didn't get through? Okay, interesting, interesting. It is interesting because obviously that was a flight code of malaysian airlines Uh, so it, it does bring in interesting discussions and certainly is an excellent reminder i think for organizations when they're choosing brands to think very critically about whether or not those brands can indeed be protected by way of a trademark registration before they throw a whole lot of money um into it if they might want to uh, have that protection, you know, because we have seen time and time and time again organizations go through the creative process of coming up with a brand, um, yes. only later to find that they're completely surprised that they're not going to be able to get protection for it because they've put the cart before the horse because they've done the creative process and committed to all of that without having the legal step also taken which is the assessment of whether or not it's a registrable mark so that's an interesting one um and but not necessarily on point for our discussion about controversial marks i want to hear more of the, <laughs> uh, of the fun stuff grace what else have you dug up there i want to hear it all do you want to hear some really unusual
2: marks Please. I mean, gosh Please. in the time that we've done trademark work we've never had clients come up with how shall we say colorful marks <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, we've had colourful marks, but maybe just nowhere near as colourful as you're about to talk about here. I think that's the... Uh... <laughs> I'm blushing even thinking of saying this out loud.
2: <laughs> Grace, okay, tell us. Here we go. We're adults here. No, there are no, this, is, this is M-rated. This podcast. There's a mark on the register for Nuck and Futs.
1: Oh my goodness. Well, what's that for? For nuts and snacks. (laughs) For nuts and snacks. Okay. Mm. Well, that's, I mean, that's certainly creative, isn't it? And, and how, did you say it's a mark that's on the register or just a a mark? Yeah. Oh, so that's it. It got through. It got
2: through. It's registered. It's been registered since 2011. But the interesting one about this one is it's got an endorsement and an endorsement is something that um, goes on the register. It's a, you know, the, Quite often, we'll see endorsements like um, the trademark owner does not claim exclusive use and then it'll have some very descriptive element of the mark. Or what other endorsements have we seen, Joe? Oh, this, the, the trademark owner will never use the cross symbol in yes, silver yes. and white or red on a white background because that's owned by the The red Red cross Cross. yes we've seen that
1: we have Um, seen that mm
2: -mm. but this trademark has got an endorsement on it that it's a condition of registration that this trademark will not be marketed to children
1: Gosh, that's interesting. I've never seen that sort of endorsement before. But there you go. The uh, trademarks office is being very creative here about how they uh, yeah. work through an application to a point that they feel that they can actually register it. Yeah. Um, what else have you got?
2: There's a trademark on the register for Pommy Basher. Goodness gracious. And that got through. That got through
1: for clothing and drinks. Yes, oh, gracious. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um. And, and did this one go to hearing, or did it get through without a hearing? Yeah,
2: it actually did, and it was accepted because um, the decision maker decided that this is a word that's just colourful and colloquial and acceptable.
1: Right. Okay. Mm. Well, there you go. And we have had some discussions about some um, more colourful language, as we've been discussing before. Uh, One of the marks that you're going to talk about, um, I don't think we can even say, but perhaps we can spell it out, Grace. Mm. Spell it out rather than saying... It's
2: probably the most offensive word in the English language. Mm. And it's this person has decided to lodge a trademark for a misspelling of it. So they have spelt it... K-U-N-T. Right. So okay. the one okay. that's currently on the register is for a what we would call a composite mark. It's got some elements of words as well as
1: images. I'm not sure and I want to know what the images are. <laughs> 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 what are the images, guys? I guess tell us now, now I've asked, I'm interested.
2: So the images of actually I would say it's a skull i'm oh. um, okay. wearing a top hat. Right. Um, and smoking a cigarette.
1: Okay, that's unusual. So, okay. Yeah. All right. yeah and yeah. and what are the goods or services protected by this mark? It's, it's for clothing. Right. It's for It says
2: in the claim, apart from just gen, general clothing, um, motorcyclist clothing. I see. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, and the mark, the word elements are what? So you spell it W-O-T and then K-U-N-T question mark. Clothing and it's right. currently under examination, so we don't know yet if it's going to get through. Oh, well, it received an adverse report.
1: Yes, unsurprisingly. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we've got a lot of uh, F related. <laughs> <laughs> can we say these. I don't know if can say anything. maybe not. But let's just say we we've gotta I, I I've gotta say the um the funniest one in this list that you've got there, Grace, is fuck aware. Which, um I thought <laughs> that was was that funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um is that for um I'm I'm presuming it's not in a class that Tupperware is in. What, what's that one for? Mm, it's in class thirty five. And
2: I'll just read out the beta and what they've claimed. They've oh. claimed direct marketing and selling of adult products and sex toys via parties.
1: Oh. <laughs> I'm going to cry now. <laughs> oh, stop. Oh, that's too funny. <laughs> Some people are very creative. Okay, well. <laughs> Oh dear, oh, dear, I'm so sorry. And, and is that one, <laughs> did that one get through? I, I'm interested. Yes. It's been it around since 2002. Really? And there was no, can you tell if Tupperware opposed it? Oh, no, no one opposed it. Yeah, right. Okay, I guess, I mean, it's quite possible that their trademark search didn't contain some of the elements that were in this mark, but <laughs> I mean, obviously some sort of phonetic similarity. Um, Okay, wow. Okay. Well, look, Grace, I tell you what, you've um, you've given us the goods today. This is actually I've, I've enjoyed having a bit more of a lighthearted uh, discussion about trademarks. Mm, but look, mm. there's some serious points in here. I guess the first serious point is uh, be aware if you're quite colourful with your language or your marks, um, you might very well uh, face issues with trademark registration on the basis that they're too scandalous. So I guess mm-hmm. that's just one, uh, one, one possible learning out of all of this. But uh, I guess the other, you know, the thing that really s- has struck me um, from this conversation, other than trademarks can be quite amusing, <laughs> <laughs> one of trademarks, is the creativity of some people, you know, and, and yeah. really I, I just think it's very clever to um, adopt the idea of when the mind of society is turned to a particular subject, finding a way to incorporate part of that subject creatively into a mark that you then take brand ownership of um, and then are able to get protection for is very clever, I think. And, you know, and, and maybe... There's a note in there in terms of how in business we can think more creatively about brands that we're using for products or services to um, not just, number one, take advantage of where the discourse is um, and uh, what everyone's thinking about at the moment, but also how to do it in a way that is actually protectable so that we're able to build monopoly rights for ourselves.
2: Yeah, yeah. And and I think that's really important because, I mean, we spend so much time with our clients, and and, and I just see it. I, I see it in their eyes when when they finally cottoned on to how important having their brand is protected. Yeah. And, and and I think that when the penny drops is when they're at that risk of infringement that yeah. they, they, they they're facing they feel exposed because there's a competitor in the market who's come up with a name that's just too close for comfort and they come to us and they realise really if you're going to go into that battle with somebody else and you need to shut them down or you need to get that name off them, if you don't have it protected, it's literally like going to battle with no armour. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, time and time again we'll have these discussions with clients and we will say, you need to hold fire, we need to get our protections in line quickly first because Mm. timing is everything in trademarks, you know, and and it's particularly difficult when a competitor has gotten in first and blocked your path. You know, Mm. we've seen some really sad stories um, relating to this, Grace, and um, over our many, many, many years working um, in this area. So um, it's, it's not hard but you've got to be quick, I guess, is the point and tackle it early uh, and yeah. right back at that creative phase. Uh, That's right. Know.
2: Yeah. So we've, we've talked about something a little bit funny today, but I wanted to use something like humour to get the issue back in front of mind, um, because I think once, I mean, these people are funny, but, uh, you know, we're having a laugh, but they get it. They understand what the trademark registration system is about. Yeah. And I feel like if we can use this funny story to, to bring the issue back to front of mind for our clients and our listeners, then I feel like we've achieved something today.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. As well as having fun. I've had fun. Yeah. <laughs> Have you had fun, guys? Oh. We always have fun, jokes. <laughs> <laughs> we <do. laughs> well, look, I hope you, our listener, had fun as well. Seeing the lighter side of trademarks, but also perhaps having a bit of a dawning of um, how some of the things we're talking about today might actually be really relevant um, mm. to your own businesses in terms of, not just your own current protection, but also how you approach branding into the future and and the integration of considering the legal elements as well as the creative elements all together. Yeah. Brilliant. Love it, Grace. Thank you so much for coming on board with your fascinating information. And you know what? I, I really
2: feel like we've we've done our job when when we get to a stage with our clients when they are at that brand development stage, and we've talked about this so much that they just know. I've just got to run this past Grace and Joe and yes, see what they yes. think. And yeah. quite often, we can just help them tweak it just a little bit, and then we can get it protected straight away. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just
1: that insurance for their marketing. Yeah. And, and, you know, that can also make the difference between, number one, something that they can protect, so the marketing spend is protected, but also mm-hmm. that we're helping them to make sure they're not exposed to mm-hmm. um, future infringement actions. Because it really is that those two elements here, it's that, it's that ongoing risk that organisations don't understand they're running mm-hmm. and the failure to protect those key assets that they're just really not clued into. So um, there's the serious side of a more funny story. Very great, Grace. Thank you so much. Love having you on board. Well, that's it for our episode with Gracie from Aspect Legal, all about COVID and scandalous trademarks and other creative ideas of how to use trademarks and brand protection in creative ways. If you would like more information about this topic, for example, if you were so interested and you want to download a transcript of the podcast episode to read it in more detail, then uh, just head over to our website at talkinglaw.com. Dot .au there you will also be able to find out how to contact Grace and our other fabulous legal eagles at Aspect Legal if you or your clients would like help with any trademarks that uh, you're looking at protecting or indeed Uh, any brands that are in the creation phase that you'd like some legal input into in order to ensure that you end up with a trademark at the end of the day or a brand at the end of the day that is protected and protectable. Well, thanks again for listening in. You've been listening to Joanna Oki and Talking Law, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time. team at Aspect Legal specializes in providing trademark registrations and general advice on brand protection and commercialization for companies and individuals based anywhere in the world. So if you work in creating brands or logos for businesses, or if indeed you're a business needing assistance in protecting your brand, we offer a free 15-minute consultation with one of our lawyers to discuss how we can help you or your client. We also provide free trademark packs if you want to get a bit of an understanding of the process and the timelines. And of course, we do more than just trademark registrations. We work with our clients on a range of issues to assist them in making their trademarks work for them. So if you want to find out more, pop us an email at trademarks at aspectlegal.com. Or head over to our website at aspectlegal.com.au to book in a free consultation with one of our specialist lawyers.